It's a pleasant Monday afternoon, just past 2 o'clock local time. As we start the first ever episode of the Cody Larson Podcast, I'd like to give a preview of things that are about to come in this episode. Just give you a taste, give you an idea of, of what's to come. As for starters, Raiden Reed and I will be discussing the Columbus Clippers and their hunt for the International League Cup. That's where he starts tomorrow night against the Durham Bulls. We'll have more information on that. 635 first pitch. We're excited. We're going to the game tomorrow night. I'm going to both games, Tuesday and Wednesday, excuse me. So we're excited about that. We'll deep dive into that more with the Clippers and all that. It's nice to have a local team like this doing so good. And next we'll talk about week one of the NFL season. That started on Thursday night with the Green Bay Packers defeating the Chicago Bears. Mike Patton's defense only allowing three points in a defensive slugfest, a 10-3 game. The Packers coming out on top. That's a big win for them. Many people had the Bears going to the Super Bowl, and this win deflates them a little bit. 0-1 isn't the end of the world, but every game in a 16-game season is so important, especially for a team like the Bears that has been chasing the Packers for so long. They just... Had to get, we really feel like they had to get this win. And they just couldn't pull it out. And then tonight it caps off with a good doubleheader. The Houston Texans with newly acquired, excuse me, Laramie Tunsil and company, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins going in to the Superdome to face Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and the New Orleans Saints. That is game one at 7 Eastern on ESPN. And then game two of the doubleheader is the Denver Broncos, led by Von Miller on the def- defensive side. Going into Oakland, they've had a, a, a wild couple months with Antonio Brown, but he's no longer on the team. So the black hole in Oakland hosting a season opener, opening day for the last time for the city of Oakland as they will be moving on to Las Vegas this upcoming season, after this season, excuse me. So looking forward to this doubleheader tonight. Should be a good night for football. We'll recap week one. And then after that, we will discuss Major League Baseball and the hunt for October. Division races are heating up. Some teams are pulling away. Some teams are keeping it tight. But we'll look at the wild card. We'll look at division postseason picture as it stands currently. And so, before we get started here on the Cody Larson podcast, I'd like to thank my good friend Zach for letting me use a couple of his tracks for the podcast as far as introducing the podcast with music and outtroducing, is that even a word, the podcast with his music. And the first song you heard, we'll hear in the next couple of seconds, is called Three Weeks. And that was by Zach, of course, an upbeat song to get the podcast going. And then the outro song is called Bop Hunt. That is B-O-P-H-U-N-T. It's a very good, nice song as well. I hope you enjoy. I enjoy them. Zach is my good friend, and I enjoy his music. So without further ado, let's get episode one of the Cody Larson podcast underway. But first, my good friend, Zach. Alright, it happened late last night around midnight or so Eastern time, just after the Red Sox 
were defeated by the Bronx Bombers on Sunday Night Baseball. Dave Dombrowski let go as the Boston Red Sox president of baseball operations. Sort of a surprise move for the Red Sox because I just knew this was coming, I would think, but not this soon for Boston. I mean, just 10 months ago, this team won the World Series, and now they're sitting 17 and a half games back of New York in third place in the AL East. And yet, here they are deciding to let go of their president of baseball operations. I mean, for any other team, 76 and 67 would be a good enough record for that, for the fan base, the organization, et cetera, et cetera. But the Red Sox have such high expectations that they just decided it was best for Dombrowski to be, Relieved of his duties. The Red Sox do play the Yankees again tonight. For Monday night. Tonight, Monday. In Fenway, in Boston. The Red Sox are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They've lost two in a row to these Yankees. So, slowly falling out of the playoff picture as well. As they sit eight games back of the second wild card. And so, I mean, this season looks about over for Boston. And right now, they just need to focus on this upcoming offseason because Mookie Betts quoted last night and said, you know, I understand it's a business. And he's just, it won't impact him, he said. It won't impact his decision to leave or stay with Boston. That is the move of firing Dombrowski. And Boston could wind up losing bets because he is facing free agency pretty soon this upcoming offseason. And J.D. Martinez is does excuse me have an opt-out in his contract. So I would likely see both of them leaving Boston this offseason. Mookie Betts has already been linked to the Angels. For J.D. Martinez, unlike Mookie Betts, who has an unlimited range of options as being 26 years old, play right field, can play second base, more right field, but he can be signed by any team, I would think. Any team would love him. But for J.D. Martinez, he limits himself because he only DHs and has limited defensive abilities. And he doesn't even play the outfield anymore. He's just a DH. And so that limits your options to just 15 teams. So, and I mean, so J.D. Martinez could also wind up in the Angels, who knows, out of the 15 teams. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see going forward. Boston, I mean, by any team standards, has not had a down year. But just the expectations, the fan base is very passionate about their baseball. They were expecting more than to be this far back, 17 and a half games back to be exact. This far into the season, we have about three weeks left in the season. So um, I think Alex Cora is going to stay. However, it wouldn't surprise me if they made a change. 
Um, but it would be really interesting if they did fire their manager and president of baseball operations after one season after winning the World Series. But who knows? Boston has really high expectations. They want to get as many as they can in the time they can. But I think they're going to load up this offseason. Either I believe they're going to cut payroll. That's one goal they have is to cut payroll, get under the tax a little bit, but while also staying competitive. If that means sacrificing a Mookie Betts and a J.D. Martinez, so be it. But as long as they stay competitive but also staying under the luxury tax, I think they will get into that. I think they'll do that route, ideally. But, yeah. So, Red Sox fired Dave Dombrowski at around midnight Eastern time last night. So, when we come back, we will discuss the Columbus Clippers with Raiden Reed. You're listening to the Cody Larson Podcast. I should preface before we start the next segment that this was recorded a week ago, Wednesday, and that some things may be outdated, but we were going to talk about the Clippers today, but time got in the way and life got busy. So me and Raiden still talked about the Clippers last week. We did a, a, just a practice podcast last week and we ran it about 40 minutes. But we have an eight-minute eight clip just talking Clippers, all things Clippers, and I thought it would fit in nicely here. So the beginning of it sounds kind of strange because it was part of the practice podcast to get everything organized, trying to structure it. So, But tomorrow, Tuesday, September 10th, there will be another podcast dropping with me and Raiden just talking about the Clippers for a few minutes before we head to game number one of the International League Cup Final against the Durham Bulls, so I'm excited for that. But anyway, enjoy this segment with me and Ray Reen. Last Wednesday, the 4th, discussing the Clippers, then playing in their series against the Gwinnett Stripers. That game, that series wound up being won by the Clippers, but we were following it in real time. It was pretty nice to follow in real time with her. But without further ado, here's Raiden and I talking about the Columbus Clippers. Welcome back to the Cody Larson podcast with Cody Larson, me. Earlier, we discussed NFL picks for week one of the NFL season as it is just getting underway. And now I am joined by a very special guest who will discuss with me very something close to home. She's a lover of baseball. She is a big fan of Eric Haas. But more importantly, she's my fiance. Raiden Reed. Hello, Raiden. Hi. And today we're going to talk about the Clippers, the Columbus Clippers. Right now, currently, as I'm recording this podcast, they are up one in the ninth inning, five to four against the Gwinnett Stripers. So this is game one of a best of five series. So what do you think so far tonight? Playing good? Yeah, definitely. And so tonight, right now, Grant Dayton is pitching against Bradley Zimmer, who's on rehab. One for three is Zimmer so far, facing a one and two count. And so that game is going on. Let's talk about the series also. We'll update it as it happens. But game two tomorrow night in Gwinnett, the Stripers. Mm-hmm. 
game two. What do you think? If the Clippers won tonight, do they are they in the hot seat for game two to go up two zero? Yeah. Um. So. Game three. How excited? I mean, with Eric not being in it anymore, I'm kind of. Um, what do you mean he's not in it anymore? He's not in the Clippers anymore. He got bumped up to the Indians. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite players on the Indians, though? Or the Clippers, I should say. Sorry. On the Clippers yeah. or on the Indians? On the Columbus Clippers. Um, I know Eric Cross is one of them. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bradley. trying to think of his one name. Trace Thompson's another. Yeah, but he's not on anymore. Mike Pappy, another one. Yeah. That's an old one. He's a very old one. Um, so yeah, she's falling in love with baseball. You didn't like baseball before we even nope. started. But yeah, here you are. Despised it. We're going to three games this weekend. The playoff game. Yeah, well, you know, not to brag. Win. Not to brag or anything. Going to three games this weekend. Hopefully three games. At least one. Of the Clippers in the playoffs, so. I don't think they'll have to do Sunday. You don't think so? Is that your take? They're gonna be, are they are we are they gonna be done Friday or are they gonna be done Saturday? Hmm. Earliest they can be done is Friday, and I'm going to the game Friday. So right now Grant Dayton now pitching to Mark Mathias. Zimmer struck out swinging. Now there's two outs on top Mathias of the night. Mathias is another one of my favorites. Yeah, you like a lot of these guys. You like Kai Tom. You like. Just you just like the entire Clipper roster. Well, Kai Tom, last time we went, he hit almost a grand slam. Yeah, and it's really cool because the minor league baseball, you get to watch guys grow up right in front of your mm-hmm. eyes. Like Bobby Bradley was just a little baby. Mm-hmm. I've and been watching him since last year. As my cat currently is <laughs> climbing things out of the ordinary... Anyway, back to Clippers talk. Um, right now, Columbus is trying to hang on. It's trying to take a one nothing lead in this best-of-five series, which is big because we're on the road. Nothing feels better than going in your opponent's house, taking the game. Gives them a rush of adrenaline. Yeah, and then tomorrow, I mean, they don't take a day off per se, but that's a lot less pressure on the Clippers tomorrow, whether... They win tonight. If they win tonight, it's a lot less pressure tomorrow night. So, anything else you'd like to add about the Clippers? I have faith. Yeah. This season, they ran away with their division. Right now, Bobby Bradley, the aforementioned Bobby Bradley, is out. He's got two strikes on him right now. Two outs in the top of the ninth. So, if we are keep if we keep talking, so, right now... See what happens. Great first podcast, Dead Air. My favorite. Well, anyway. If you had to pick one clipper for the rest of your life, you got to meet him one-on-one, talk to him, meet him, everything, your dream. But after that, he would just completely submarine and just fall off the map and be out of baseball so basically you get to meet your dream Mm. player but he his career ends after that basically because of you it's a very um it's 
one player, got to meet him, but never heard from him again. As far as baseball-wise, we'll hear from him maybe down the street or something, but probably Eric Haas. You really love Eric Haas, don't you? I do, but... You want to watch him play baseball somewhere. I do, because he's good. Yeah, he is good. Even for a catcher, he's a very good player. Eric Haas, if you're listening, (laughs) Raiden Don Reed loves you. Mm. More than she does me. That's a lie. However. The cat just sounds like... However, she will meet you... And this hypothetical question, just to meet you to end your baseball career. However, we love your baseball career and hope it never is. So, um, Bobby Bradley now a three-two count, a ball just in the dirt from Grant Dayton, still pitching at twenty-two pitches now in this inning. He's only recorded two outs, and so Bradley put a ball in play. That's interesting. See what happens here. And Bradley flew out to Adam Duvall. So the Clippers go to the bottom of the ninth. Up by one run, excuse me, against the Gwinnett Stripers. So. Any final thoughts about the Clippers? We'll be on the talk. You'll be on to talk about them more, I assume. Yeah. Once the playoffs start tonight. Yeah. We'll be on more. And so, yeah. I just have faith in them. That's those good. Are, those are my boys. Would you say the Clippers are your favorite team? Yes. Yeah? Their favorite For team? For AAA, yes. Well, how about in all sports? You got to have, like... If you I had don't... to rank them. If I gave you three teams, you had to rank them. Like... Ohio State, Buckeyes, football, Columbus Clippers, San Francisco Giants. Mm. Right now, if you had to do it in three seconds. A gun to your head. You had to pick one of these teams to win. If they don't win, you die. You're betting your life on one team to win out of those three. The next game they play. Columbus Clippers. Yeah, really? Not the Ohio State Buckeyes? All right, well. You heard it here first. Raiden Reed has more faith in the Columbus Clippers than the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well... Thank you for joining me on this podcast. You're welcome. My very first podcast. What a way to start the podcast. Yeah. With my fiance. And Zach couldn't be here tonight because he is on the injured list right now. He's injured himself. He's sick. He's down for the count. But Zach will be back soon. So, Raiden, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I hope to hear from you soon again. Yeah, you will. So, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that segment of me and Raiden discussing the Columbus Clippers. Again, it was a little outdated in a sense, but I thought the material in there was good enough to put it in here. And we aren't doing NFL picks, obviously, tonight, but eventually we'll get around to doing those at some point in a future podcast. So, obviously, coming up next will be my Fantastic Five, a new segment we're doing here. Or not a new segment, I guess. A segment we're doing here on the podcast where I look at five NFL games and talk about them for a short time period and just discuss them and what I thought about them as we look forward to them. So 
I hope you enjoyed that segment. And tomorrow, don't forget, Tuesday, September 10th, Raiden and I will have a short little podcast. I would say about 10, 15 minutes long, previewing the games of the Columbus Clippers against the Durham Bulls as they play game one tomorrow night in Columbus. Game one of the International League Cup. So look forward to that. Up next, right after this, we have the Fantastic Five. Are my five best NFL games or my five favorite NFL games of the week? All right, week one of the NFL season is just about to be in the books as the Texans and the Saints are the first game of a doubleheader for Monday Night Football this week, as they always do week one. The Saints are currently up 24-21 in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. And the second game, the Broncos and Raiders, coming up after that. Other than that, every game from week one of the 100th NFL season is done. And so I thought I would share five games that stood out to me for different reasons. And we'll go from there. So week one, we'll start with the the Tennessee Titans. And the Cleveland Browns, the Titans defeated the Browns 43-13. to This game wasn't close. I mean, the Browns started out okay. And then Tennessee just pulled away as the game went on. Three interceptions in the fourth quarter by Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. I mean, he looked – I mean, he just looked off to, on Sunday. Something about it. It's probably his worst game as a Brown since coming out of – the University of Oklahoma, he just looked off through a pick six in the fourth quarter as long as to go along with those three interceptions. So an off day for him. Tennessee played really well. 43 points is no joke. And then, So this might help them throughout the season. You get a big win like this week one against a team with so much hype, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and you come and beat them by 30 points that has to mean something and the way the division is going so far the Colts lost the Jaguars lost and so they're already a game up on those teams so why not believe in the Titans they were one win short of the playoffs a year ago and this year they start out one and oh so they are the only team right now with a win in the division the Texans are playing right now but they are um in the game right now with the Saints losing 24-21 was now six minutes up. But a good one for the a good one for the Titans. But for the Browns, this is a disaster. I, it was a stat I read today that the Browns are, I believe, one sixteen and one in opening day games. So they just haven't had experience winning those games. The first game with the Freddie Kitchens era doesn't start out well. They were undisciplined. They had, I believe, 18 penalties for almost 200 yards, which is not good. So they are very undisciplined. They didn't play well. The expectations for the Browns might have just caught up to them. They got in their head too much. And the Browns just weren't expecting this kind of fight from the Tennessee Titans. But when the Titans came into this game, they had a game plan. They weren't going to listen to the outside noise. And they destroyed the Browns on all assets of the field. And so now Cleveland has to get it together. As next Monday, they play the Jets in 
New Jersey, uh, and then they play the Rams on Sunday night. So two big games that could really alter the season. It could be two and one, zero oh and three, one and two, any of those. And so right now, if we're looking at the Browns' schedule for the season, here's an outlook right now as far as what I think when lost Kodos goes. Next week, they're at the Jets. That could be a winnable game. The Jets lost to the Bills, a game they should have won. <clears throat> and then they play the Rams on Sunday night, as previously said. That's more than likely a loss. So after this, they can be 2-1. and one. Then they play at the Ravens. They'll probably be 2-2 two two after that. And then they're at the 49ers on Monday night. Let's say they win that. They're 3-2. and two. Then they're versus the Seahawks at home. That's going to be a tough game. Let's say a loss. So right now they're 3-3. Three and three. And then they play the Patriots, Broncos, and Bills. They win two of those three right there. And then right now through... All these games right now, looking at like five wins and four losses through nine games, which isn't bad, but isn't the expectations they had coming into the season. And so next week's going to be a big test, a primetime game for these Browns on Monday Night Football, of course. So against the New York Jets, Sam Darnold and company. So it'll be a big test to see what they are. Coming off a huge loss, I believe Freddie Kitchens will have them ready to go. And he will have them ready to go and just hopefully have a better effort and a lackluster effort. So hopefully that. And now the next game is down in Jacksonville where Nick Foles got hurt before this game really got started. And it was up to the backup for the Jaguars. We'll get to that in a second. But the Chiefs win. 40 to 26, and they could, could have easily put up 50 points against Jacksonville. They placed Nick Foles on the IR. He had surgery on his broken clavicle, and he's out indefinitely. So it's up to Joshua Dobbs and the new guy, the undrafted free agent for Jacksonville to lead. The to ride the ship here until he comes back. Gardner Mish, Minshew, excuse me. And so they have to lead the ship already on one in a relatively winnable division. You have to think that's a big blow to them. They had aspirations. I would have thought to win the division. As for the as for the Chiefs, they came out on fire. Patrick Mahomes looks good. Looked good today. I mean, he's back to his MVP self. He's going to try and win it again. And there's nothing stopping him. And the roadmap to the Super Bowl looks pretty good for the Chiefs. As really, their only competition is the Patriots. And we'll get to the Patriots in a moment. But... The Chiefs dominate today against the Jaguars. And who's going to stop this team? You look at the schedule for the Chiefs upcoming for them. And this season, it's been looking pretty favorable. They're at Oakland versus Baltimore at Detroit against Indianapolis and against Houston. 
It's a very decent schedule right there for the Chiefs. So I've expected 13 wins coming in. I still think they're going to hit that plateau. They'll hit a fork in the road eventually. But I still think three losses is all they'll have this year. And they'll have a very good season. So the Chiefs won that game 40-26. to I like what I saw from the Chiefs today, or on Sunday, excuse me, and what I saw from the Titans. Did not like what I saw from the Brownies today. Jacksonville is a whole different story there. A whole new mess. And now our third game that I really liked was the Minnesota Vikings over the Atlanta Falcons 28-12. to Vikings came out strong in this one. The uh, the Falcons looked very lackluster in this. They didn't seem prepared for the Vikings. I think the Vikings stole a game today. I don't think many people expected the Vikings to win. But a win's a win. You'll take it in this division that they're in with the Bears and Packers. I mean, anyone will help you out because now you just – when you play the Bears and Packers, it's a lot easier to manage these deficits when you have experience against these good teams. And a 28-12 win against the Vikings is just a great way to set your season up for the future and just going forward. Just unbelievable. A great win for the Vikings. Mike Zimmer's staff just put together, put, put together a great game plan for them to win. And now they move on next week and have a tough opponent. And the Vikings do have a tough opponent for week two of the NFL season. We'll dive into that also later as we'll discuss the pick, my picks for the week and just quick previews of next week. And they play, speaking of which, they play the Packers next Sunday. So it's already a test of them. They play the Packers, then they play the Raiders, then they play the Bears. So right there, right away, three divisional, two divisional opponents and two and three weeks. So this was a big one for them. It helps leapfrog them and get them on the right track for the Falcons. Sends them in the wrong direction starting Right away, 0-1 is not ideal. You got to think they got to win next week. So even just falling to 0-2 in the NFL is so brutal. It's really hard to do and next come back from. And Nick Foll, excuse me, and Carson Wentz and the Eagles are coming to Atlanta to play next Sunday. And then they're at the Colts and against the Titans. So... You never know with the schedule, but you could see them running the table these next three games. I expect them. I was. I get to see them taking two of three here. I could also see them only winning one of these games. So it could be a long season for Viking or for Falcons fans. Their schedule doesn't get easier. They're against the Texans, against the Cardinals, the Rams, Seahawks, Saints, Panthers. Buccaneers, Saints, Panthers, Falcon, uh, the 49ers, the Jaguars, and they finish off against the Buccaneers. So there's a meaty part of that schedule in there that should have Falcons fans kind of worried, but they do have Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones. So I will, I believe they will be fine. 
I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't believe they are a playoff team. I think the Saints and Falcons will come out of the into the playoff race from this division. Um, I think the Falcons will win games. They just won't be able to win enough to keep up with the Saints and the Panthers. So, because I think the Panthers are going to be a sneaky team. I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl or not. But I think the Panthers will be good and the Saints will be good themselves. They're still up by 3-24-21. It's just over a minute left in regulation as the first game of Monday Night Football. Doubleheader this week dies down. Um, it's the Saints 24, Texans 21. Breeze just made an unbelievable throw. So that's Sean Watson looked upset and disgusted, frustrated. And frustrated is the right word, I think. That he could go out, that he might not get another chance, only down three. So that game, it's been a good back and forth game. A very good back and forth game. Differently changes. The good the good thing about this the for the Texans, they looked good. They looked justified in making the trades for Lamry Tunsil. I still don't understand why they traded away Jadavion Clowney. I don't see why you had to trade away him, but also trade in Laramie Tunsil. But I think just Tunsil has looked great tonight. Watson's looked good. So, And for the Saints, if they hang on to win this, it's a big win. For this Saints offense, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, as we get ready for Denver and Oakland coming up just after this game. That'll be an interesting game, the Broncos and Raiders. Obviously, the Broncos going through all that Antonio Brown nonsense. They go through all that nonsense, and then they have to play a football game two days later. I don't know how they'll respond. I don't think the Broncos will. I think the Broncos will take advantage of this moment and that will help Joe Flacco ball out, I think, against the Raiders. And Derek Carr has to step up this season, show fans who it really is, or I don't think John Gruden will take him to Vegas with him when they go there next season. So my next game is the Colts and the Chargers. That was a great game as well. The Chargers ended up winning 30-24. to Jacoby Brissett for the Colts looked really well. He was slinging around passes, looked really sharp throughout the game. Malik Hooker had arguably one of the best catches of the year. An interception off of Phillip Rivers, but it wasn't much to do. It was much to do about nothing as the Chargers ended up winning a hard-fought game, 30-24. to The Chargers are in prime position now. If this is the year for Phillip Rivers to make some noise and maybe, just maybe win that Super Bowl that has eluded him his entire career, this will be the year. Because you look in the AFC, the Steelers are having, I would would think they're going to have a down year. And it's just the Chiefs and the Patriots. So realistically, you just have to game plan for those three, for those two teams in the playoffs, really hardcore. 
So after this game, the Chargers go to Detroit. They play the Lions. Then they play the Texans at home. Then they play the Dolphins. So right there, if they do this right, they could go easily be 4-0 after four weeks. They play the Broncos next, and they play the Steelers. So you could talk me into 5-1 and one right there. A loss in there wouldn't surprise me. Maybe 2-4-2, two, and two, you know, right there. I mean, after that, they play the Titans. They play the Titans. And so the schedule gets kind of more difficult. They play the Bears, the Packers, and the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos. So this is an 11-1 team, I think. Will it be enough to win the division? I don't think so with Patrick Mahomes and them being in the same division. I don't think it's enough. However, I think it's good enough for the playoffs. And all you need to do is get into the playoffs to have a chance. So, And as for the Colts, they have an opportunity to right their wrongs right away. They play against the Titans next week. And then they play the Falcons, Raiders, Chiefs, Texans. So... It's all up to Jacoby Brissett. He has to prove himself right now and see. As Right now, the Saints, by the way, have a fourth and six with 120 and counting up three still, 24-21, with 115 left now in this game. And so, as I was saying, the Colts, Jacoby Brissett has to prove people wrong. They gave him a two-year, $30 million contract for a reason. They believe in him after the un, the surprising events about Andrew Luck retiring right away. So I thought this was a good game for both teams, even though it was a loss. The only reason the Chargers won this game was because of Adam Benatari. He cost his team, I believe, he missed an extra point, two extra points, and two field goals. So that cost his team eight points. I believe it was actually one extra point, so seven points total. And they end up losing by six, so you couldn't really script any better than that. So the Colts really should be 1-0 right now, but it is what it is. So, And now our last game that I really enjoyed this week came on the Sunday night game when the New England Patriots defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers 33-3. This was a dominant performance by the Patriots, and if you haven't figured it out, the Patriots are really good. This is probably the best receiving core Tom Brady's had in a while. And they're and by the way, they just added Antonio Brown to the mix. So the Steelers get a dominant win. They played well on both sides of the ball. Bill Belichick, you knew he was going to have his guys ready week one against the Steelers. But you know, you know deep down that Bill uh, – that Ben Roethlisberger really wanted to go in the Foxborough the night they raised their banner and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. However, that did not happen. Ben struggled. Juju Smith-Schuster played okay ball. But Edelman, Brady, and they were doing this with third and fourth string tight ends. It's really amazing how they just pick and plug guys in. So the Patriots play, as we know, the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets a total of six times. So you have to think they're going to get at least five wins there. Let's just say they get all six wins. 
And you can see them running the table. They're, I think 13 wins is not out of the question here. Just based on their schedule. A really tough game against the Browns coming up mid-season. That could, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. So Now we are going to look forward to week number two as week one winds down after this short break on the Cody Larson Podcast. So now we're going to transition to Major League Baseball. We talked a lot of football. We talked Clippers with Raiden. Now we're going to transition to some baseball and look at the MLB standings and all that good stuff. So right now, game, I'd say about 25 games left or so. And the Yankees are eight and a half games up in the AL East over the Tampa Bay Rays. And I mean, the Yankees are about to clinch the division. Uh, the match number is 10. So I'd expect them to do it for about the next week or so. Two weeks. As Boston, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is seven and a seventeen and a half games back. So it looks like their postseason picture is back out. Is out of the is not in the postseason. As for the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins are no longer just a game up. I mean, it was not. It was barely a month ago that the Indians were bringing down the Twins' neck a game back. Now they're five and a half back of the Twins. And the Twins will look to win the Central. So right now, as Houston is leading the AOS by nine and a half games over the Oakland Athletics. So right now, if the playoffs started today in the AL, in the AL, the American League, if the playoffs started today, here is what the picture would look like. The Oakland A's would play in Tampa Bay against the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL wildcard. And the Houston Astros would host the winner of that game. And while the Twins would play the Yankees. So that's interesting all there, right there. And two good series right off the bat, the A's and Rays. I mean, two teams with just money ball scenarios. And they go head-to-head in a wildcard game. Kevin Cash might use about 30 pitchers in that game to get every out. 27 pitchers, I guess, to get every out. And the A's come in slugging really well. They pitch well. If the A's can find a good pitcher, good pitching down the stretch and get hot at the right time, this could be a dangerous team come postseason time. And that's for the Twins and Yankees. The Yankees have had the the number of the Twins over the last number of years. So that would be an interesting series, a best of five series. This would be a rematch of the wild card game from a couple of years ago. And the Astros would host either the A's or the Rays. So there's that. And then in the NL, the picture is looking a lot less clear as far as the wild card goes because in the AL, let's go back there real quick. The AL wild card is down to three teams, the Rays and the A's. The Indians are on the odd man out right now, one and a half games back as they are basically the three teams as the next closest team is Boston. And so they're eight games back, as I said, but the elimination number is creeping up for Boston. It's up to 12. The A's elimination number is 18. So only one and a half games back. Those are the three teams fighting for the two playoff spots. So once again, the leaders in the American league, Houston, New York, Minnesota, the division leaders, 
Tampa Bay and Oakland are the wild card teams right now. And Cleveland is one and a half games back of that second wild card. And so now for the National League, the Dodgers have an excellent season, 93 and 52. First place in the NL West. They're going to win that division in about a couple of days or so, I would imagine. 93 and 52, running away from the second place Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 75 and 68. So, and then now the Atlanta Braves are winning the NL East, 89 and 55. And they lead it over the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Braves are running away with that division as well. So not a lot of intrigue as far as division races go because Atlanta's nine games up on Washington and 14 games up on Philadelphia, who is in third place. And then in the NL Central, the Cardinals are 81 and 62. The Cubs are four and a half games back. And the Brewers are six and a half games back. Their season might be over, it appears as well. As the NL wild card looks, the Nationals three games up. They look like they have that locked in. They have that in the bag. They're going to win that. It looks like and host the wild card game. Max Scherzer will start game one for them more than likely. Followed by Steven Strasburg in game one of the next series if they win. So that's pretty scary. And then Patrick Corbin in game two. So there's really no break. For any team that plays the Nationals. And right now the second wild card belongs to the Chicago Cubs. Who are just one and a half games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Who have played extremely well of late. Eight and two in their last ten games. And they're making they're winning at the right time. And all it takes is to get hot and get in. And who knows what could happen. Even after trading away Zach Greinke. Their ace. After trading him away. They've done so well in the second half. And they're a half game ahead of Milwaukee, who's two back of the second wild card. And after that, it starts falling off a little bit as the Phillies are tied with them two games back, and it falls off after that. The Mets are four back, and the Giants are seven and a half back. And after that, it really starts to fall off. So unlike the AL, there's more teams competing for those two spots. But right now, it looks like just five teams competing for two spots, which makes more intrigue. And if the playoffs started today... The Cubs would play the Nationals in the wildcard game, as previously stated. And they, the winner of that game would play the Dodgers in the division series. And then the Cardinals would play the Braves. That would be a really interesting series, in my opinion, I think. That the Cardinals have good enough pitching. Dakota Hudson has pitched really well in the second half. Throwing the ball well. Their bullpen is good. I love the way they're clicking on all cylinders right now are the Cardinals. And the Braves are clicking as well. Josh Donaldson is having an unbelievable season. He is. And he and Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Alves, they're just having great years. Their pitching staff, Mike Soroka, having a dominant year under the radar. That would be an amazing series. So right now, if I had to make a pick, out of the teams just in the playoffs, not including the teams on the outside, I would say the Cubs and the Nationals. The Cubs and the Nationals, the winner of that game, I believe would be the Nationals. I think Max Scherzer would be too overwhelming for the Cubs, and they would play the Dodgers. And then the Nationals, I believe the Nationals could win against the Dodgers in a five-game series because the Dodgers – while they have Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw, I, the matchup of 
Corbin and Strasburg, one and two as well, could be overwhelming for the Dodgers hitters. So I think the Nationals would win that series. Then I think uh, this could be a, a really good series. The Cardinals and Braves could be the best series of the playoffs. However, I think that Atlanta would win that series in five games. I think the Dodgers and National Series would go five games. So setting up an Atlanta versus Washington NLCS. And as far as the AL side goes, I think the A's will win the wild card game. But I think they'll fall to the Astros in about in four games. So the Astros will go to the ALCS, in my opinion. And then the Twins and Yankees, I don't mean the Twins are a good story, but I mean, I think the Yankees have too much hitting. While they don't have pitching, I think they have too much hitting, and that could really come back to bite the Yankees own later rounds. So my NLCS and ALCS, the Nationals and Braves, and the NLCS, I think Washington will be carried carried by Max Scherzer. Again, and the pitching will be too good. The bullpen is the one question. Each of these teams has flaws. And if they are exposed at the wrong time, it could be lethal, fatal for these teams. So I believe the Nationals will play in the World Series against the Houston Astros in a very good World Series. This could be a really good World Series because game one, you could have Justin Verlander against Max Scherzer. And then game two, you have Garrett Cole against either Patrick Corbin or Steven Strasburg. Let's go Strasburg for the sake of it. And then game three, you would have Zach Greinke going up against Patrick Corbin. And that's three games of that series. And who knows? They could split the three games and go 2-1 someone. But what an interesting World Series that would be for sure. But I think the Nationals would win the series. They're all clicking at the right time, hitting, pitching. But I think the Nationals will win the World Series based on the teams that are in right now. The Nationals are just really dominant pitching. And I feel more comfortable with them than the Dodgers and the Astros at the moment. So those were my, the, that was my prediction for the World Series as we looked at the at the playoff picture. For Major League Baseball. So when we come back, we will take a quick break and we'll wrap up the podcast. Stay right here. So just quickly, as we wind down week one, Texans just scored on the Saints here. 28-27, 37 seconds left. Drew Brees will have the ball left at his own 25, down one. I'm going to length of the field. But now... Let's preview week two. Just a short little preview about week two of the NFL season. Thursday night football starts out with the Buccaneers and Panthers. Buccaneers coming off a disappointing loss against the 49ers. Jimmy G looked good in that game. Jameis Winston did not. And the Panthers are going to play. It's in Carolina, excuse me. So the Panthers now coming off a week one where it saw them be defeated against the Rams, a very tough opponent in the Rams. So this is a good game for two teams trying to get to a one and one. One team will unfortunately fall to 0 and two. 
I think the Panthers will not fall to 0-2. I think they're too good for that. I think the Buccaneers will fall here. So that's a Thursday night preview. And now the Sunday games, you have the Cardinals and Ravens. The Cardinals looked good. I mean, they looked good for about 10 minutes there for the entire game, but it's all that matters. They came back and tied the Lions. It's going to be a fun matchup. Kyler Murray against Lamar Jackson. Cardinals Rams. I think the Raven Raven Cardinals Ravens. Excuse me. I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I think the Ravens are really good. They're going to be a sneaky team. Could win 10, 11 games this year. And that next game, Cowboys and the Washington Redskins and Dallas coming off a big win, week one. And Washington coming off a week where they blew a big game, a big lead against the Philadelphia Eagles, a game they should have won. But they didn't. I think Dallas is going to win. I'm going to go to 2 and 0 on the season. And Washington's going to fall to 0 2. So things will quickly spiral there in Washington. I don't think it'll get any prettier. The next game, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. The Colts coming off a loss, the Titans coming out off a blowout win. I think Jacoby Brissett is going to play just as well as he did yesterday. He's going to have his team ready. They're going against Mike Rabel and that team, the Ugly Texans, that put up 43 points against the Cleveland Browns, who had star power all over the field. And so I think the Colts will bounce back and they will win. So. They will win, and they'll go to one and one, and they'll just completely undo what they did this past week. The next game, the Seahawks and the Steelers. This will be a fun game. The Seahawks traveling across country after facing the Bengals at home. And they will play in Pittsburgh against Big Ben and and Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Hayward, and the Steelers. Um, I I think travel matters, but only being week two, I don't think it'll matter too much. And the Steelers will unfortunately fall to 0-2 on the season. And the Seahawks will come up victorious. They'll go to 2-0 on the season. And for that, I think the Steelers are in big trouble if they do fall to 0-2. However, I think the division will work itself out because the Bengals are going to struggle this year. The Browns are going to be to have high expectations this year. And so, and then the Ravens are a luck of the draw. What do you make of it type of team? So I just think the Ravens are going to be one of the teams. I think it's going to be the Steelers, Browns and Ravens in that any order that you want. But I think the Seahawks are going to be victorious. Next game, the Bills and the Giants, the Bills and the Giants is the next game we won the preview. And the Bills, coming off a win against the Jets, easily can go to 2-0 on the season, a surprising 2-0 on the season. And the Giants could fall to 0-2 as the Eli Manning era is quickly going to fall, crash and burn in a hurry in the Meadowlands. I think the Bills are going to win this game. Buffalo coming off a win against the Jets. And the Giants coming off a blow a blowout loss against the Dallas Cowboys, but I just think the Bills are going to win. 
Eli Manning just doesn't have it anymore. Odo Beckham isn't walking through that door. 2007, Eli Manning is not walking through that door either. So, Our next game is the 49ers and Bengals. I'll just run through picks really quickly here and get to the primetime games, the late window and primetime games. So the 49ers and Bengals, 1 o'clock game. I have San Francisco going to 2-0 in that game. I like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. I don't like Andy Dalton a whole lot. So I think the 49ers are going to win that game. Pretty easily, this game is in the jungle, so that could pose some questions, some concerns for the 49ers. But I think Jimmy G is going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to do good, though. It's only his 12th career start, so let's be patient with Jimmy Garoppolo and the bandwagon there. The next game, the Chargers and the Lions. Matt Patricia, his defense, are they going to be ready for Phillip Rivers and company? I don't know, but I think the Chargers will win. This game by at least 10 points. They're going to come out and dominate from the start. They're going to go to 2-0 in the year, and the Chargers are going to look pretty good. And now, probably the one, maybe the best game of the 1 o'clock slate, the Vikings and the Packers. The Packers coming off a win. The Vikings coming off a win. A big clash in Week 2. And who knows, looking back, this might set up this division for the rest of the season. I don't... I don't believe in Kirk Cousins as much as I do, say, Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is 35, and he's going to hit a plateau, a wall at some point. But I don't think it'll be this week. I don't think it'll be this season. I think the Packers are going to win. They're going to go 2-0. And Aaron Rodgers is going to surprise some people this year. Maybe not Maybe not MVP, but maybe sneak into the playoffs and make some damage there, make some noise there. And then the Jaguars and Texans will play. I think the Texans will win this game pretty simply. The Jaguars don't even know who their starting quarterback is going to be. So I think the Texans are going to be a surprise team. They might win nine, ten games this year, which is better than I thought they were going to do originally. But coming off a loss against the Saints on Monday night tonight by two points is a heartbreaker. So, And in the last... One o'clock games, the Patriots and Dolphins. The Dolphins, obviously, we know their struggles. So I don't think this game is going to be close. I'm interested to see this point point spread for this game when it comes out. I assume tomorrow. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Patriots. Uh, I think the Dolphins will give. It'll be closer than people think, but it won't be close. I think the Patriots will win by at least 18. It'll be a slugfest. It'll be pretty easy. I'm thinking. Maybe 40 to 18, the final score, or something like that. But that does it for the 1 o'clock games and now the 4 o'clock games, the Chiefs and the Raiders. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Again, pretty easily. Patrick Mahomes is going to show up looking like the MVP he really is. And so Mahomes and company just going to keep on trucking through the season. And they will win this game and go to 2-0 and on the year. The, Ra- the Raiders will fall to – will have a loss, depending on the result of tonight's Monday night game. They're up 7-0. They just scored a touchdown, so their car looked okay on that drive. Not going to lie. But we'll see how the rest of the game goes. So The next game is the Saints and the Rams. Maybe the best game of the week. This game's in Los Angeles. A 425 kickoff. 
I think the Saints are really good. I think the Rams are really good. This is a clash, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship. And I think the Saints are going to get their revenge and win this game in Los Angeles. They're going to win in their house just like the Rams won in the Super Bowl down last year. This year, though, it's not as big ramifications yet. But this is a huge Week 2 game. And our last 425 start is the Bears and Broncos, I think. The Bears are going to win that game easily in Denver by at least a touchdown. So the Bears will be back on track and go to 1-1 in the year. And now the primetime games. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. This game's on NBC, Sunday Night Football. The Falcons come into play. A surprise loss against the Vikings. And the Eagles come in a come from behind winner against the Redskins. So I think this this will be a close game throughout. But I'm going to take the Falcons right here. I think they'll win by a field goal over the Eagles. And that sets up the Monday night game, the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Those Cleveland Browns against the New York Jets. The Browns coming off a loss will be motivated. They'll be ready. They'll be hungry, especially in primetime. So some of those... Guys on that team thrive in primetime. Guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. I'm excited to see them under the lights of primetime. And I think the Cleveland Browns will win. They'll go to 1-1 one and one on the year. And this is how they start their season right here. So. All right, on the first edition of the Cody Larson Podcast, we discussed a variety of topics over many different things in the sports world. We first talked about Dave Dombrowski being let, being let go by the Boston Red Sox and how that affects them long-term and Mookie Betts and, Dave Mar- and J.D. Martinez as far as this offseason goes. Then we discussed the Columbus Clippers with Raiden Reed and discussed the series they have with the Durham Bulls upcoming And then I touched briefly on NFL Week 1, gave my thoughts about it, and looking forward to Week 2. I can't wait for that. And then I discussed the MLB pennant chase, gave an updated look at the standings, updated look at the playoff picture, and gave my playoff prediction based on the teams that were already in the playoffs. So overall, it was a fun first podcast. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far. I appreciate it, and I'll have episode two up sometime in the next week or so. Thanks for listening. To lead us out of here, it's Bop Hunt. Excuse me. Bop Hunt by Zach. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Cody Larson Podcast.